much, Adele. How is everybody this morning? Are we good? It's so good to see all your faces. Welcome to our online viewers as well. I hope you're comfortable there in your lounge room. Uh, but it's good in the house as well, hey? It's hot in the house, amen. And uh, so we're going to kick off with the book of Joshua. Are you ready? Put your seatbelts on, hey? Are you ready? And uh, Pastor Jacob's turning 40 tomorrow. I can't wait. He joins me in the 40s. I'm still in my 40s, so that's good. And uh, we're super excited about that. We're going to be celebrating him today after the service with cake. So make sure you stick around. And we're going to be celebrating again tonight with more cake and uh, rolling into the week next week. Praise Jesus. So just to lay a foundation, I want to lay a foundation this morning. We're going for three weeks, uh, tag teaming. Pastor Adele's up next week. And then I think Jacob will be up. We've got to put him to work, you know. So I was meant to, but I think he's got something to bring. Uh, so Joshua. So Joshua has taken over uh, from Moses as the new leader. So that's where we're at. So Moses, if you remember, was chosen to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, basically. So if you remember the miraculous parting of the Red Sea, God delivered them. It was amazing. Uh, but then they get to the other side and then they start to complain. The people, they rebel, they complain, they carry on. They're like, we don't have any water. We want food, blah, blah. Food and water is important though, isn't it? And, uh, and, then, and then you have the Ten Commandments. So they got given the Ten Commandments and then they began to complain some more, complaining and whinging and complaining and rebelling and carrying on. I mean, it sounds like people we may know. Uh, and, then, and then you have... Uh, the golden calf, you know, the Ten Commandments, the golden calf, you know, the rebellion, uh, then the building of the tabernacle, and it just goes on basically. So you see uh, this constant cycle, you know, you see uh, God delivers them, then they rebel, then they cry out to God. God delivers them again, then they rebel, then they cry out to God. Should I say it again? Are we getting it? God delivers them, then they rebel, complain, whinge, carry on, blah, 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 da-da-da. And then they cry out to God and God meets them again. God is so gracious, isn't he? God is so gracious. And I think it's so important that we check in our own lives. We look at these people and we think, how, like, what's wrong with you? Have you got rocks in your head? What's going on there? But if we, I think it's important that we check in our own lives too. Are we doing the same thing? Are we serving God in the good times and the bad? Or are we just crying out to him when our life is falling apart and then when he gives you what you want or he answers your prayer and you begin to slide away and walk away and backslide and, and not serve? Are we serving God in the good times and the bad? We need to check that in our own lives. It's so important. So, so important that we're always dependent on him, that we're always giving our best in the good times and the bad, that, that we're giving our 10% when we're broke. Maybe we're broke because we're not giving our 10%. I don't know, because he says if we give our 10%, he'll bless the 90 and it's overflowing. Amen. Are we giving him our best? Are we giving him our best? And so we first meet Joshua uh, when Moses uh, sends 12 spies into the promised land and he said I want you to go check out the land and so that's where we first meet Joshua in the Bible and so this this land God had promised them this land flowing with milk and honey this land where he promised them rest you know where they could settle and where they could rest um, and Joshua so they go into the 12 spies go into the land and Joshua and Caleb were the only two that brought back a positive report if you remember and they said Though there's opposition, though there's enemies, we can surely take this land. They said, because God said, we can do it. 
because God says it's ours, then it is ours. And so that's where we first meet Joshua. What a man. What a man. And so, but the other 10 uh, people, the other 10 leaders came back with a bad report. If you remember in the book of, I think it's Exodus. And so these 10 leaders came back with a bad report. And we have to remember that they are leaders. The, the, the people didn't stand a chance because their leaders had a negative mindset. Their leaders were focused on their problems. Their leaders were, were focused on the enemies and the opposition. They were focused on what God, not what on God said, but on what they couldn't do. They were focused on the enemies. And so they were focused on the giants in the land. And so they, they were like those worst case scenario thinkers. Anybody know one of them? <laughs> well, maybe you, you are one of them. Those worst case scenario thinkers. And so they spread these discouraging reports amongst the people. And because of that, the people didn't go into the land. They rebelled. They began to complain. They said, we can't do it. It's too hard. And so that whole generation didn't move into what God had called them into because of these reports, because of these leaders with this negative mindset, because they didn't believe the word of God. And so God told, and because of that though, God condemned them to wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years in the wilderness, around and around and around. And so God told Moses that he wouldn't be the one to lead the people into the promised land. And Moses, you know what, Moses accepted that. He understood that and he accepted it. And yet he was still so faithful to God to the very end. He, he, he kept believing in the promise. He kept believing in the next generation. He kept speaking uh, and declaring words of life, encouraging and prophesying and leading the way in his last days. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 2, it says this. This is Moses speaking. I am now 120 years old and I, no longer, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me you will not cross the Jordan River, but the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will lead you across the river just as the Lord promised. I loved how Moses didn't make it about him. He still stuck with the plan. I mean, I feel for the guy. And, and, and the Bible says there was a ne never another prophet like Moses because he knew God face to face. But still, he was not the one to lead them into the promised land. Yet he was for the vision. He was barracking for the next generation. He kept declaring God's word because he had heard and he believed in the vision. And so not long after Moses dies and most of the first generation die, um, the book of Joshua kicks off. Yeah, we're not preaching on Moses. We love Moses. But the book of Joshua kicks off and it's in uh, chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. And so Moses is dead and the mourning period is over. You know, it's customary in those days to have a time of mourning. But there comes a time when that period is over. It's done. It's finished. And God was saying to Joshua, it is time. It is time for you now to lead this next generation into the promised land. And I want to talk about that this morning. It it, yes, it's important to take time to grieve. 
and we should work through our grief. And I'm not just talking about physical death, so you can include that, but I'm talking about grieving past friendships. I'm talking about grieving past churches. I'm talking about grieving past ministries. I'm talking about grieving past relationships, past seasons, even past dreams. Grieving past dreams. And there comes a time where, yes, we grieve, but then there comes a time when that mourning is over, it is finished, and God says to you, and to you, and to you, it is time. It's time. It's time for the new. What was, was, and we're now stepping into the new season. Amen? Are you there in the house? Oh, good. I'm glad you're there. It's time to get on with it. It is time, Joshua. It is time. It is time for what God is calling you to next. Isaiah 43, 19 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And it's important that we're aware of seasons. And when those seasons start and finish, it's important that we're in the flow with what God is doing. Otherwise, we're trying to hold on to the past. And he doesn't want you to hold on to the past. He wants you to step into the new. Amen? And for some of us to get there, we need to work through that thing called forgiveness. Mark eleven twenty four says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are the but, don't you love it? This is like when the kids want to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we can go there. But <laughs> we've got to do some housework first. But. When you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Some of us, in order to step into the new, need to forgive from the past. You know, unforgiveness unforgiveness holds us in our past, doesn't it? And in order to move forward, in order to recognize that now it is time and then move with that time, we have to let go. We have to forgive and move on and work through that process of doing it for others it's forgiveness isn't the issue but for others is we get comfortable we're comfortable in the old we're comfortable in what God was doing God's trying to do a new thing in your heart and your life but we're so comfortable with where we've missed him he's moved he's over there and we're still back here because it's comfortable and I'm all for one for comfort seriously I am comfortable I finally get comfortable and God goes, now take your next step. What do you mean? (laughs) I'm enjoying myself here. It's comfortable. Even the people of Israel said at one stage, we would rather go back to Egypt because at least there was food there. It was comfortable back in Egypt because there was food. But God wasn't calling the Israelites to stay in Egypt. He was calling them into the promised land. Where is God calling you into? Where is God calling? Where are you comfortable? And God wants you to take that step. Could be anything. It's, it, it's different for every single person. And God isn't calling you either like he wasn't calling the Israelites to stay where it's comfortable. He is calling you into a new land. He's calling you into a new season. He's calling you to step into it. He is saying it is time. Can you say that? Let's say it. It is time. And so God continues on in chapter 1. We're still in chapter 1. Hopefully you guys can cover the rest of the chapters. Uh, He begins to, so in chapter 1, he begins to prepare Joshua uh, as he steps into this new leadership role. 
uh, ready to take the, the people into the promised land. And this is um, the Lord's charge to Joshua. I love it. Uh, uh, verse 6, be strong and courageous for you, are the, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors, ancestors and I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It was obviously pretty important, don't you think, that Joshua be strong and courageous. I mean, God said it three times while he was commissioning him. He said it three times. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. God understood that Joshua was going to need a courageous faith to fulfill the call of God upon his life. He knew that he was going to need that. And it's the same with us. It's exactly the same with us. God knew that Joshua was going to face enemies and opposition and things coming up against him, uh, that it wasn't going to be an easy ride. It's not an easy ride. God knew that. That's why he was commissioning him to be strong and courageous. And it's exactly the same with us. You know, one of our core values at Everyday Church is to have a courageous faith. We live a life of faith. We are bold, big-thinking, courageous believers. If God calls us to it, we do it. Is that what it says? If God calls us to it, it is, we do it. I should know the values, right, of our church. God commissions us to be strong and courageous, just like he commissioned Joshua. Yet the question is, is how can we be strong and courageous when the world is falling apart? when there's sickness and disease and kids off the rails and broken marriages and lack of finances and struggles and issues and addictions and what else is there? I mean, you can come up with some stuff in your head. I don't have to do all the work, do I? <laughs> all, all that, all that, how can we be strong and courageous? How? You know, some of us just feel so full of fear and anxiety or is that just me? How can we be strong and courageous when when things are so crazy, yet we find the answer in verse 9. And in verse 9, it says this, For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. To not be afraid, to not be discouraged, for he is with you wherever you go. It can only be when we know that God is with us. It can only be then. And I'm not talking about knowing intellectually. I'm talking about knowing deep down inside your heart, deep down within, that you know that God is with you wherever you go. And we can only know this deep down inside our hearts when we meditate on his word. He spoke about it in verse 7 when he commissioned Joshua, when we spend time with him. When we keep our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus Christ, not looking to the left or the right. When we've got our eyes firmly fixed on him, we have to know that he is with us wherever we go. God said to Joshua in verse 7, 
Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. You know, one of Joshua's finest qualities was submission to God. That was one of his greatest qualities, was he knew how to submit to God. There's that word. But that word brings so much. He knew how to submit to God. When Joshua, when God spoke, Joshua listened and he obeyed. He listened and he obeyed. He was committed to obeying God. But not only, not only God, he knew how to submit to his leader. He knew how to, how to submit to his leader and it was Moses at that time. He submitted to his leader. He submitted to God. He had a heart of submission. That was his finest quality. The first generation led by Moses did not enter the promised land because of their disobedience. It was their lack of uh, belief. They didn't believe. God had said it. It was like what Pastor Jacob was talking about with the tithe. They just didn't believe. Their hearts were wrapped up in unbelief. It was their lack of belief in what God had said, his word. It's his word. It was their inability to submit to him and their inability to submit to their leader. I mean, they were so rebellious at times. They turned on Moses. They turned on him. While he was up getting the Ten Commandments, they were making a golden calf. They'd convinced Aaron. Hebrews 3, verse 1 or 6 or something, 16. I don't know what this says. It'll come up on the stream. The same people who were delivered from bondage and brought out of Egypt by Moses were the ones who heard and still rebelled. They grieved God for 40 years by sinning in their unbelief until they dropped dead in the desert. Don't you love the Passion Bible? So God swore an oath that they would never enter into his calming place of rest all because they disobeyed him. It is clear that they could not enter into their inheritance because they wrapped their hearts in unbelief. And it says they wrapped their hearts. God didn't do it. They wrapped their hearts in unbelief. The author of Hebrews, we don't know who it was, maybe Paul. Apparently it could have been a woman too. Wow. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. But the author of Hebrews encourages us not to be like those people that wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and wrapped their hearts with unbelief. Hebrews 3.12, so search your hearts every day, my brothers and sisters. Search your hearts every day, my brothers and sisters, and make sure that none of you has evil or unbelief hiding within you, for it will lead you astray and make you unresponsive to the living God. Unresponsive to the living God. That's full on. Lord, Lord, help me search my heart. Even as believers, we can have areas of our heart that, that, are, that, that are unbelieving. We could believe in one area but not in another. And, and this says, the, the author of Hebrews is urging us to search our hearts every day so that it's not wrapped in unbelief, so that it's not areas where we're unresponsive to the living God. Imagine being unresponsive to the living God. Lord, help us. It's our responsibility 
to line up those areas in our heart that are unbelieving, that aren't connecting. Where we, It's not about what we think. It's about lining it up with God's word. It's so integral. It's our responsibility because, again, they, they, they wrapped around their hearts. Unbelie- they did it. It's not about what our circumstances say. It's not about what we think. It's what does God say? What does his word say? Amen? Joshua chapter 1 verse 13 says, Remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and has given you this land. He's given you rest. The people had been on the move their entire lives and they finally were going to enter a land where they could settle and just rest. You know, and, and I, my prayer is that when people come in here and they find a place that they can call home and they can settle and just rest and just be. Our home is your home. You want a blanket, we'll get you a blanket. <laughs> right, uh, so, they, um, so they'd been on the high, but, but the key is, is this place of, of stepping into this rest, of entering into this rest, it had to be taken by faith. It had to be by obedience, by submitting to God, by acting activating their faith, activating their faith with God's word. That was what the key was for them to enter into this rest. It was there. It was all laid out. It was there. But they had to connect with God's word. And it's the same with us. For us to enter into the rest that he promises us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Now, the promise of entering into God's rest is still for us today. Praise Jesus. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. For we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did, yet they didn't join their faith with the word. So it's joining your faith with God's word. Faith activates the promise. God calls us to use our faith with his word to be successful and prosperous. What is success and prosperity? I mean, what is it? It is entering into the faith rest life. That's what it is. It's finding that that balance there, that faith rest life that God has for you, living in that place. Hebrews 4.8 says, Now if this promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua brought the people into the land, God wouldn't have spoken later of another rest yet to come. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete Sabbath rest waiting for believers to experience. As we enter into God's faith rest life, we cease from our own works, just as God celebrates his finished works and rests in them. On the seventh day, what did God do? He rested. So then we must be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. Entering into this faith rest life is simply believing. We think we have to do all this stuff, yet it's simply believing. It's not doing things how we think they should be done. It's not striving. It's not doing things in the flesh. It's not fighting God's plan. How many, how, how, how many people fight God's plan for their life? It's not fighting God's plan for your life. God had a specific way for Joshua and the people to cross the Jordan River. The Jordan River was 
So to enter into the Promised Land, they had to cross the Jordan River. The Jordan River was at its peak. It was at flood level. It was overflowing. And of course God's going to send them through. <laughs> you know, uh, knowing God, yeah. It was like, I want to, sh- you know. Uh, and uh, it was in the springtime. And so, but the way he wanted them to do it is the instruction from God was that the priests first had to step into the river. And as soon as their feet touched the water, then the flow was going to stop. So that was the instruction. So if you, if you think about it, the priests had to take their first step. They had to get their feet wet. They, 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 imagine if they didn't. Where, where would they be? Back at square, square one, going around the mountain again. But they had to trust God's word. They had to trust in God's instruction that the river would stop. Otherwise, they would have been swept away and they were goners. They would have been. So they had to take that first step, get their feet wet. There was a specific way for them to enter into the promised land. And it's trusting God to take that first step. You know, sometimes if you're anything like me, I want to know all the steps. Tell me all the steps and I'll take that first step. And I'll try and figure it all out. And God's like, I just want you to take this step. It's not your business what the other steps look like. It's none of your business. None of your business. Take that first step. Then the miracle comes. They stepped. Their feet got wet. The Jordan River stopped flowing in peak season. Amazing. The faith rest life is moving with his spirit, isn't it? It's, it's, it's listening and obeying and doing things God's way. It's being strong and courageous because we know deep down inside that he is with us wherever we go. We have to know that. We have to get that. We have to have that revelation. We have to have that understanding. It's simply believing and understanding the power of God's word. You know, tithing doesn't make sense. Neither does praying for your enemies. Tiffany was telling me how she was at a play centre and some little girl stuck her tongue out at her and, and did it a couple of times. And I'm like, I'm really sorry that happened to you. That's quite mean. I said, but let's pray for her. And she's like, that's weird. It, it makes no sense to pray for your enemies, does it? it? It makes no sense to God's calling you to lose your life and lay down your life so that you may find life. That makes no sense. That sounds weird too. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Miracles don't make sense. The doctors come out of this, there's the growth and there it's not. It makes no sense. We don't know. It makes no sense. Stepping into a fast-flowing river makes no sense. Are you kidding me? Stop the river first and then I'll step. God says, no, you step first and then I'll stop the river. And we stand there arguing year after year after year after year. And God's saying, take your step and I will perform the miracle. I'm preaching to myself here. But it's not about us making sense of it. It's connecting our faith with his word. It's, it's our faith activates the promise. And he will open up the heavens and pour out such blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. After the Israelites crossed the Jordan River, I think we're still in chapter 1. You guys have got a, bit, got a bit of work to do. After the Israelites crossed the Jordan River, they still get this. They still, it wasn't easy street. 
It's not that, just because stuff's happening in life doesn't mean God doesn't love you, God's not got this, God's disappeared, God's not talking to you. He's there. No one said it's just an open, you know, here's the red carpet, let's lay it out. Who do we think we are anyway expecting red carpet? We're a bunch of sinners who God saved and he didn't need to. We don't deserve it. And so there's enemies to fight and that's okay. Let's fight. Why? Because we know that God is with us wherever we go. That is okay. And so uh, the Israelites still had to fight battles. To see the walls of Jericho fall, there was an instruction. March once a day for six days around it. On the seventh day, go around it seven times. Then shout and blow horns and tap on the Cajun drum and go crazy. And the walls will fall down. And that's exactly what happened. God's way according to God's word and their faith was to do it to step out that sounds a little bit crazy you know during the week we actually march around this hall here we march around and we pray don't we whoever comes on a Wednesday morning we're here we pray over these chairs we do crazy things because God calls us to that's what God says doesn't make sense but the key was that the Israelites, because God had said to Joshua, I will give you Jericho, I will give you his king, and I will give you his mighty warriors. So the key is, is that they fought though, but they fought from a place of rest, and they fought from a place of victory. And that is the key, that we fight our battles, we fight our battles from a place of victory. Jesus came to this earth, and he, and he lived and walked on this earth, and he died and rose again, but he, he, he came from a place of victory. He knew and, and when he died on that cross, he said, it is finished. So we come from a place of victory, from a place of overcoming, living this faith rest life. And so I want to encourage you this morning. What do I want to encourage you in? I want to encourage you and challenge you to search your hearts. Check if there's any areas of unbelief where, where there's an area that, that where, there, where there's not in a submission, where there's a hardening of, of your heart. It's so important. We're responsible to, to keep ourselves from being polluted from the world and to keep our hearts soft towards Jesus Christ. And it's so easy, particularly in this day and age, and probably every generation says it, for our hearts to become hardened towards our God. But He's a God full of mercy. He's a God full of grace grace hebrews 4 7 says for god still has ordained a day for us to enter into called today <laughs> today today is the day it's a new season it is time take that step today for it was long afterwards that god repeated it in david's word and only today you would listen to his voice today listen to his voice and do not harden your hearts let us search our hearts let us work through unforgiveness whatever let's let's work through being too comfortable whatever it may be let us not become unresponsive to our living God amen amen let's pray Lord I just thank you for who you are Father God I thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives Lord God I thank you that we can come boldly before your throne because of the the high priest Jesus Christ himself because of him we can come boldly before your throne Lord and receive mercy and grace in our time of need, Father God. We, th we thank you that, that, that Jesus relates to the things that we struggle with, that we go through, even, even unbelief and doubt, that there's an understanding. But I just pray, Father, that 
that our hearts wouldn't be wrapped in unbelief or areas of our heart, Father God, that we would search our hearts, Lord God, that we would work through what we need to work through, Lord God, that would take that step, not waiting for you to go first, but we go first, knowing that you'll back us up because we have an understanding and a deep revelation that you are with us wherever we go, Lord. You are with us wherever we go. And we thank you for this faith rest life, Lord, that we can enter in, that Jesus Christ made a way. And just while our heads are bowed, you know, Jesus Christ made a way for us to enter into this faith rest life. And if you've never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, this is your first step in walking this journey. And so if you're in the building this morning or if you're listening online and you, if you'd like to make that decision, decision to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus, then today is your day. Today. There's no use waiting for tomorrow. Today is your day. So if that is you, I just ask that you lift your hand up in the air and we'll pray. I see that hand. If there's anyone else, anyone else, and we can begin that journey with Jesus Christ where you've been striving and struggling and doing things in, in, in your own works and, and, and God just wants you to enter into that rest. Just one more moment. If you're at home, if you want to slip your hand up as an act of taking that first step and say, yes, that's me. Let's pray together, church. God, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, you pray after me church it died on a cross for me I ask that you forgive my sins wash me clean and today I choose to enter in that faith rest life in Jesus name and all God's people said amen fantastic uh, if you would like prayer for anything, anything at all, uh, please come forward. Myself, Pastor Jacob, Adele, uh, Pastor Adele will be here to pray. And we're just going to finish with a song. Is that all right? You guys good? Yeah, you can take your seatbelts off now. No. <laughs> I love you guys. Let's worship the King. Thank you.